0: Welcome to The Definitive Wrap, where we report the truth about American exceptionalism. We love our flag, we love our country, and we believe in America. The Definitive Wrap, where we respect people of faith, the men and women in blue, and our support for Israel. And now, your host, Bela Siebra on The Definitive Wrap.
1: Hello and welcome to The Definitive Wrap. I am Bayla Seabrow. Thank you to VIN News for hosting our show. Americans are obsessed with thinness, yet statistically two-thirds of Americans are overweight. The obsession goes so far that there are women who will buy clothes a few sizes too small, on the perchance that they will lose weight to fit into them or as an incentive to lose weight. Yet for those who need to lose weight, the struggle is real and sometimes lifelong. We have a very special guest today to talk about what we believe are adequate food portions may in fact be too much, and where the calories and the foods we enjoy and think are healthy are in fact hidden. So our guest today is Lisa R. Young, PhD, RDN, CDN, and is an internationally recognized nutritionist portion size expert, and adjunct prof, uh, professor of nutrition at New York University. Dr. Young is the author of Finally Full, Finally Slim, and The Portion Teller Plan. Ms. Young has been counseling clients for nearly three decades and inspires her community to make healthy food and lifestyle choices. Lisa, welcome to The Definitive Wrap.
0: Thank you so much, Baylor, for having me. It's a pleasure.
1: Lisa, do we really need to fill an entire plate with food to feel full or know that we have eaten enough? I remember as a child, if I didn't finish what I was eating, my mother of blessed memory would say, you just had two bites. So as a portion size researcher, how much is enough? You know, it's so
0: interesting, Bela, because when we were growing up as kids, the portion sizes that you were served were much much smaller than they are today. Oh, so I guess. And I what happen- not <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> But your mother might have been serving. But your mother might have been serving you a big portion. But the restaurant, the restaurant portions were so much smaller than they are today. Even then, they were probably were still too big. But what happens is, when we food is love, people want to give people a lot of food. When you're in a restaurant and we eat so much of our meals out of the out of the home in the restaurants, the restaurants want to give you a big portion because they can charge a little bit more. And you'll complain if you had such a small portion, a smaller portion. And you don't have to eat tiny portions. And it isn't just really the portion on the plate, but it's the food. It's what is that portion? Is it fruits and vegetables and fish and quinoa and healthy stuff, in which case if you have a bigger portion, that's fine. Or is it red meat, mashed potatoes, you know, chilling, the fattening stuff? That's the stuff that we should actually try to have a little bit less of.
1: So how much, I mean, how much is is enough? Like how would somebody know if they've eaten enough or how would a parent know how much to feed their child? You know, the first thing I tell people is you want to always tune in
0: to your own hunger level. So I always think that the most important thing, rather than dieting and obsessing about nutrition and food and calories and weight is to eat mindfully and to tune into, am I hungry? Am I full? Wait, you know, wait five minutes before finishing what's on your plate. You might not need it. And really, instead of feeling the need to eat everything that they give you or that's on the plate, Ask yourself, do I even need this? And also tune into, do I like this food? Is it something that I enjoy? Because you want to make sure that you eat foods that you enjoy at the same time. And so that's so, so important. But in terms of like, what does a healthy plate look like? Half your plate, fruits and vegetables, one quarter healthy protein, like chicken, fish, beans, tofu, eggs, a little bit of red meat, if that's what you want once in a while. And then the other quarter, sweet potato, brown rice, quinoa. So, you know, protein a quarter, healthy starch a quarter, fruits and vegetables, the other half. And all fruits and vegetables are super healthy. When people complain, is great are grapes higher in sugar? Do bananas cause weight gain? The answer is no. You know, people are obsessing over the wrong things when it comes to that
1: it's mm-hmm. interesting. You know, at um at at some events, you find uh smaller plates, so that um when people fill it up, it's not it's not as full. You know, when you have a large plate, and you put a little bit in, it looks like oh, there's not enough food in there. You know, but when you have a smaller plate, you know, and and you just put a little bit in, it's like wow, there's a lot of food. So no, I- that's a great
0: that's a great observation. And another thing is when I was doing some of this research and I was tracking the history of portion sizes I said let me take a look at the plate sizes and it turns out that the plates have gotten bigger too like if you look at your grandmother's china that's like a standard plate but when you go to some of these stores and get like specialty plates we're eating off of charger plates and so the plates are so big
1: that you put more on it exactly right you know it's interesting because even coffee and teacups you know in our grandmother's days they they were tiny and, and now people go into stores and they get these, they, they drink from these big tubs, you know? So everything, now, all portions have gotten larger.
0: Yeah, our grandmother's teacup is like seven ounces. When you go and you buy these mugs, you know, these fun specialty mugs, they're easy 20 ounces. Right. But you say to yourself, but here's the catch. You say, I'm just having one cup of coffee or I'm just having one beer and that beer is 24 ounces. <laughs> I'm just having one steak and it's 20 ounces. Because you feel like you're a pig if you eat, you know, if you eat like three steaks or you have three bagels or you have three beers, but when one is so tremendous, you don't really end up paying attention to the size of that and to how much it is that you're actually having.
1: Right. You know, you mentioned restaurants um, will charge more for, you know, because they want to put in more food, I guess, because they want to charge more, really. They want to charge more. And so they add more food. But I have noticed that there are certain um, upscale restaurants that, in fact, serve smaller portions than, um, you know, the more economical uh, restaurants.
0: Well, because those those restaurants and that's that's a true observation, those restaurants you're paying for ambiance. You're paying for quality. In America, we are just like, we want the big portions. Like when you look at the Zagat reviews that reviews restaurants and you see they, and people write about the portions. They were great. I loved it. They were tiny. Yuck. So
1: people when complain that it's, yeah, it's a negative review uh, to read a review exactly. about a restaurant um, where somebody will say that the portions were small. Oh, that's considered negative. Exactly.
0: But when you go to an upscale restaurant, then you know that you're, you're focusing on quality, ambiance, decor, and that's what it should be, because that matters too. And what about your company? Like the people you go with, when you observe people who know each other, they're just shoveling food in, they're not even having a conversation with each other.
1: Exactly. (laughs) That on the cell phone, you know. Yeah. what about all the new fad diets for losing weight and the people and the ads who claim they are losing weight? Um, do they work? Do these fad diets really work? No,
0: they don't really work because anything works for the short term. You know, anything can work temporarily. So you could go, I remember my mother, you know, um, was going on one of these diets years ago and it was a Frankfurter and vanilla ice cream diet and we're kosher so obviously you're not going to have the ice cream after the frankfurter right Right. but i said mom you really don't need to get this ice cream and you know you know after you wait from the frankfurter like x amount of hours because there's no magic that you have to do this with that or like these diets that were you know steak and tomatoes the tomatoes don't magically burn off the calories right you know now we're seeing keto diet where you cut out carbs you you lose weight because you cut carbs out you're cutting out bread and ice cream and cookies and cakes. But then if you don't relearn how to eat, you gain it back. So there's no point. Even the diets that say just eat, you know, for eight hours. If you ate, you know, you can't eat from 12 to 8, but you eat at 9 o'clock.
1: So what? Right, there's right. Society. Yes, I, I, I've heard of that too, where they, people uh, don't eat for 16 hours. I mean, they, they have, there's a whole process involved and they claim they're losing weight, but you're saying that In essence, when they do go back to eating the way they've been eating before, they just gain it back quickly.
0: Exactly. Or they think that there's something magic to the not eating for the 16 hours and only eating for the eight. But really, if you just learn to eat healthfully, you could eat over the course of the hours that work for you. Mm -hmm. Because I hate I hate when I see people not going to events, not going to parties and rearranging their life miserably. Because they're on quote a certain diet.
1: Yes, yes, that's true. That's true. Or they can't eat, or they can't eat after a certain hour. Um, I, I mean, I have friends who, you know, I go out with friends to restaurants at times, and um, you know, they want they it has to be a certain hour because they can they can't eat past that hour.
0: You know, exactly. And there's no magic. So that it's seven, eight, there is no magic number. Just don't eat a huge portion right before you go to sleep. That's what's important. Right. Right.
1: Um, I I really like where you say in in the introduction of your book that no miracle ingredient exists. We live in a world where people feel they are entitled to instant gratification. And so they may start a diet and if they see that they are not losing weight fast enough, they give up. Then they start again, as in yo-yo dieting. Lisa, in your professional opinion, how does yo-yo dieting affect the body and health of a person?
0: Yo-yo dieting. First of all, let's just talk about the psychological trauma. I mean, yeah. just that alone is enough to make you like, you know, squirm. You gain, you lose,
1: you have clothes
0: in every size. Like, yeah, people do that. Size. They have their yeah. fat
1: clothes, their skinny clothes. They, they have clothes in different sizes. Yeah. Yeah. And even I loved your
0: introduction when you were saying how people will buy a size smaller, hoping that they're going to get into it. It's oh, just, yeah, yeah it's crazy it's the mental hit games that you play with yourself and first of all people have to also love themselves whether they're heavy whether they're slim or whatever and, and we as society need to also use other models besides for just you know what do they weigh are they heavy you know so that's a whole separate issue but the psychological trauma that it causes you to lose weight to gain weight to change to move to this that's a problem in and of itself and then the physiologically. When you starve yourself, your metabolism slows down. And so somebody who does this regularly, you know, over time, their metabolism will slow down. And so that will just make things more challenging for them the next time around. So the best thing to do is create a lifestyle program. And I like to call it, you know, like a three or four pronged approach. One is the food. Healthy eating, but that also goes with fitness and movement. Rather than exercise, which sounds like a chore, try to think about fitness and movement you like. Do you like swimming? Do you like running? Do you like walking? I personally hate a treadmill or a stationary bike. I like to be outside. So I'll do things I like outside. And when it comes to the food piece, focus on things you can add to your diet that are healthy rather than what you shouldn't be eating and you should be taking away. Mm-hmm. and then also the behavioral aspect is important like behavior modification and the act of eating to eat slowly to pay attention to how full you are put your fork down between bites set your your home up for success and then also besides for the food and the fitness also are you sleeping are you managing your stress because all of these things really do work in tandem with one another mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: What is, um, a healthy, what is a healthy amount of weights um, that, that somebody can lose um, in a given time? For example, um, if somebody wants to lose, say, 10 to 20 pounds, how much weight should they lose per week or month to ensure that it stays off? Because we know that with crash diets, uh, the weight comes back quickly. Exactly. So I'm going to say one to two pounds
0: a week, not more than that is really all you need to strive for. But understand that if someone is very overweight, your body is 60% water. So let's just say somebody's 100 pounds overweight, 60 of those pounds are water. So the first two weeks, they go through what's called maybe diuresis, where it's a term where they're using a lot of water, like a diuretic. So they're dropping water. They're not losing fat. So those... That situation is actually okay. But when it comes to the scale, I would say one to two pounds. And honestly, Baila, I don't even think you need to use a scale. I think you need to go with how you close fit, how you feel, and how hungry you are. That, I think, is really so important and
1: so much more important. So it's interesting that you say it's better not to use the scale or to lose the scale. Um, Yeah. When people exercise, and, and I hear this a lot, they feel they're gaining weight, what they're actually gaining is muscle. And it's frustrating for those who are trying to lose weight, when they're dieting, and they're doing everything right, they're following your program, for example, and they're going to the gym, and, and they're lifting weights or, or even running or anything that builds muscle, when they get on the scale, it's going to show a few pounds more. So, it can be frustrating. What what kind of recommendation do you give uh, to someone who's experiencing that? Don't pay attention to the scale so
0: rigidly. You know, I mean, you want to look at the scale over time and that it's moving in the right direction. But really, if you're a bodybuilder, then you're going to gain, you know, more weight from the scale. But for someone who starts exercising, maybe they'll gain two or three pounds. And it's definitely very frustrating. Right. But don't dwell on that. Dwell on how do you close fit? Right. You know, how do you, and how do you feel? I think that's what's more important. And at the same time, also practicing self-love and all the other things that you're good at at the same
1: time. So it's also interesting when you say that if someone needs to lose 100 pounds, then a great percentage of it, did you say 60 pounds? 60%, 60% of- 60% yeah. is it's water. water. Yep. Yeah. That's fascinating. I, and yeah. it's actually for those who are trying to lose 100 pounds, it's actually quite, quite refreshing to know that it's not actual fat. I could tell my friends yeah. who complain, you know, it's water. It's only water.
0: <laughs> no, absolutely. And you know what else? When you eat a lot of salt, and right, often that retains foods water. that are lowering calories have a lot of salt. But then when you eat a lot of salt, that retains water. And that's why when you eat Chinese food, like the Chinese food syndrome, you eat Chinese food, Or Japanese food, why do you gain two pounds the next day? You can't gain two pounds of fat in one day. You know, it's more than 3,000 calories for one pound. But you're gaining water. Water is being redistributed. So that's why, like, if you do weigh yourself, once to twice a week max
1: is all you should do. Right. Is it okay to use a crash diet to jumpstart the weight loss process? You know,
0: yes, it's okay if you're going to do it for a few days. I'm not a fan of it because I find that, let's suppose you cut out carbs for a whole week, you cut out starches for a whole week. Then the next week you're so hungry, is it going to lead you to overeat on those foods? So I just think you probably want to maybe eat a little bit less or eat cleaner, not that the opposite is dirty, but cleaner in terms of eat more whole foods, less processed foods. And I think the most important thing you can do initially is cutting out that salt. Because when you cut out the salt, you will lose some water and maybe going a little lower in carbs and starch because the carbs cause you to hold water as well. Doesn't mean you can't eat them. But, you know, when you cut out the pasta, often you lose some of the water more easily.
1: Interesting. Interesting. So it's portion control in addition to um, low, low salt. A low-salt diet. And it
0: doesn't have to be low-salt, but it's really paying attention to your salt and where the salt is hidden.
1: Right. In other words, don't add more salt to to the food. You you see people just, as they're talking, and they're they're just pouring the salt, you know, and uh, yeah, keep the salt shaker off the table. Exactly. Definitely. Yes. So, you know, this is an interesting phenomenon. Uh, When I'm stressed, I completely lose my appetite. In fact, I could go an entire day without a meal, and not feel hungry at all when I'm stressed. That's just me. In contrast, there are people who, when stressed, need food consistently. What advice do you give to people who cannot stop eating or desperately need food when they're stressed? Well, the thing is, they are
0: stress eaters. You know, everyone is, they're eating for other reasons. And first of all, when you are stressed, physiologically, your metabolism speeds up. So
1: the fact that your metabolism speeds ah, up, the you, should actually, <laughs> you should actually be losing weight, right? You know the uh, <laughs> when I'm stressed, I actually lose weight. Now I see why. It's not right, because, because I don't, metab- I don't eat. It's because my metabolism speeding up. Okay? Exactly. It's your metabolism. There is, is a benefit to stress after all.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> there is a benefit. But when people stress eat, the first thing that I'm going to say that they should do is step back and ask yourself, why am I eating? And what is this food? What are these potato chips going to do to my problem? You know, um, if I'm having an issue with something, is the potato chips, is the cookie, is the bagel, is that going to help me? And the answer is no, it's just going to make you worse. So you really have to step back. And this is where really living mindfully and eating mindfully is important. Maybe journal, recognize what it is that you're feeling. What is your mental state? And to try to do other actions, like for me, if I'm stressed, I need to be outside in nature. I need to take a walk, I need to be out. And that act or even starting to exercise and do movement to release the stress. Right. Doing right. that is really going to be very helpful.
1: Right. But they feel there are people who say I'm so hungry, they're starving. There are people who are really, really hungry when they're stressed. So what could they do? You know, yes, they could, they could, you know do other things be mindful of 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 you know living healthy taking a walk as you say going out in nature but they really feel the need to eat they have that craving for food what so what what can they do do to to relieve that to
0: take the edge off okay so what are they craving if you eat something healthy like is it a snack or is it a meal so if you eat a healthy meal or a healthy snack whether it's you know, veggies and some pumice, or have make okay. a smoothie, or have a yogurt with some fruit, or have, you know, a turkey sandwich, or have, you know, something that's healthy. Eat a meal, eat something healthy, have a soup. Then ask yourself, are you hungry? Because you're really probably not physiologically hungry. You're probably really just hungry for just because you're bored, you're nervous, you're anxious. And I have a feeling that it's a different kind of hunger.
1: Right, right. So, you know, walk us through, without giving away your book, because I want, I want our audience to buy your book. You're yes, just so fascinating. my
0: book, Finally Full,
1: Finally Slim. Can you just give us a synopsis of what your book is about?
0: Yeah, so my latest book, Finally Full, Finally Slim, is really like a 30-day program, which can be done in 30 days or more, where I really isolate and highlight your mindset your food, your environment, your habits, and your life. So it's not just the food, even though the food is a very big part of it, but I try to help empower people to make better food choices. So you're paying attention to your portions and paying attention to your portions does not mean eating tiny portions. It could mean eating bigger portions of the healthy foods and having smaller portions of the unhealthy foods. So increasing your fruits your vegetables your lean protein your beans um, having some nuts and seeds and then having less of the desserts the french fries the ice cream the candies the cakes so sort of reorganizing the plate and then also rearranging your home environment and the environment where you eat if you keep healthy foods Bela in the home that is what you're going to eat but if right. you have junk food sitting on the counter, I don't care who you are, willpower does not. Oh, yeah. Work. You're just going to reach for something when you're hungry. Absolutely. Exactly. exactly. So put the cookies and the, the chips in opaque containers away. Keep berries front and center. Have, a, pl- have a, um, a bowl of fruit on the counter, really to make your home environment conducive to healthy eating. You know, go food shopping, not when you're hungry, but go food shopping from a list and pick out the things that are on, you know, picked from the list, you know, so a lot of things like that. I also go, go about and talk about eating out and dining out also about finding movement that you enjoy limiting liquid calories because we guzzle down soda juice alcoholic beverages, you know, so it's really, really educating people on all of the little nuances and the things that they might not have thought about. I teach you how to read a food label and really how to tune into yourself and eat mindfully and live mindfully at the same time.
1: So where are the hidden calories that eating out in a restaurant? Where would one find the hidden calories? If, they're, if people are ordering uh, uh, chicken or they're ordering uh, steak, a glass of wine, where are the hidden calories? So first, the hidden calories are going to be in the size
0: of the portion that you're not paying attention because it's going to be probably bigger than what you're going to serve yourself at home. So that's the the first thing. The second is it's shocking how much oil, unnecessary oil, they're adding to a lot of the healthy meals like a fish. You'd be very surprised at, um, to see what's being added, even to vegetables. Even when you get a salad, when you order a salad as an appetizer, they probably give you a quarter of a cup of salad dressing. So just, you don't have to have a salad with no dressing, just get it on the side and then you can control how much it is that you're having. If you go to a steakhouse, split that steak and order extra veggies. But cream sauces, or even just teriyaki sauces they're just so swimming in sugar and salt and fat and just unnecessary calories that you don't have to count but you again want to be mindful and pay attention to that to those.
1: Right. So so much of what we eat is, is hidden calories. When we think what we we ate, you know, what did I eat? I ate so little you know it's really those hidden calories of the oils and the salt and the sugar that makes yeah. the difference. Exactly. Right. What about a glass of wine? Um, is that uh, are there? I mean, I know it, it, it can be high caloric, but how much is considered? Okay, you know, with, within a diet plan, within a healthy diet? Plan, that is?
0: Yeah, it's totally fine to have a glass of wine. Um, with dinner, you know, but you want to think about, you want to stick to one, especially women should really only have one, men two, but even men, if they can do one. Oh, there's one difference, is a really women, one
1: glass, men, two glasses. Yeah, the
0: recommendation is one for women and two for men, even though the committee that advised the government about the recommendation said everyone should do one, but they they, the government said, okay, men can have two. Uh, women are also smaller and metabolize it differently. Right. And men are, are bigger, so they can actually eat more calories. And also, I find, to try to have a glass of wine or cocktail, whatever it is that you like, with a meal and not drink the whole drink first. Right. Like, very often, the waiter comes over and says, what would you like to drink? And sure, you're, that's, you're that's the first thinking. thing they say, yes. I don't- and then Before, you they even, down that drink. Before they even ask you, what, what, what would you like to order? What would exactly. you like to drink? Exactly. Yeah. And you guzzle down that drink and then you're like a little tipsy. So then you eat the bread basket and then you just eat everything that's on the plate. So I'm going to say to you, have a sip or two, but nurture the drink and have at least half of the drink once the meal actually comes.
1: What about diet soda? Is that okay? Because I've been hearing a lot of negative reviews about that. Okay. So um,
0: I think seltzer, sparkling water, water is definitely a better choice. Uh, Diet soda is a better choice than regular soda. Right. But the research on the diet soda is mixed. And what it often shows is that people who drink diet soda, have more obesity or are heavier. Yeah, that's what I've been hearing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. People who drink diet soda eat more sugar. So, but wait a minute, is it the diet soda that's actually causing it? Or most people are not eating diet soda with an apple, They're probably eating diet soda with chips or with something else that's unhealthy. So you can't necessarily blame the diet soda. Well, I don't, I'm not an advocate for diet soda. I think that chances are that there are intervening variables. There's other reasons to explain that the diet soda is making is associated with the obesity. So it's not causing it, it's correlational. Mm-hmm. So chances are there are other habits that you're doing. Uh, chances are when you're drinking more water, you're eating healthier and you're having more fruits and vegetables. And many people who drink diet soda are eating junk food with it. So with mm-hmm. that said, if somebody want to diet soda once in a while, have one, don't have more than one. I'm not a fan of artificial sweeteners because it does nothing to help you lose weight. So ask yourself, can I cut back? And I definitely would advocate for trying to have less of it. But I don't mm-hmm. think it's necessarily as evil as having the sugar sweetened sodas.
1: Right. And what and about desserts? I'm drinking, desserts. Sel-
0: I'm drinking oh. seltzer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what about desserts? Uh- <laughs> What kind of desserts are okay after a meal?
0: The best dessert to have after a meal is the one you like the most, honestly. And to share so, And of course. It's okay for, to have course, a piece of cake. <laughs> so, of course, fruits, you know, and fill up on fruits. But if you have a small piece of cake or you share a cake, pick the one you like. Because diet cookies and ordering a pie that you don't like because you think it's less calories, you're just going to end up binging and craving what oh. you really want. So don't have it at every meal. And I wouldn't have the wine and the dessert, you know, right, right. pick one treat a day and pick the one that you really, really like and yes. have that one.
1: What about milk, um, skim milk, whole milk, low fat milk? What, what do you recommend? So I think that first of all, if,
0: if you don't digest milk, you don't have to do milk. And if you do digest well, people milk, who like
1: milk, you know, or, or, or yeah, so cereal, people, people, like people want to have fine. cereal in the morning.
0: Yeah, I think that you should try for the the low fat, like the 1% or the 2%. So if you like the skin, the fat-free, that's fine. If it's too watery for you, then skip it. Now, milk does have protein. All milk has protein, and protein helps you feel full. But many people feel that if they have the creamier yogurt, like the 1% or 2%, that it has a little bit more texture, and it's also going to be a little more satisfying. Um. You don't need to have the whole milk, but remember, there's... There's whole milk, which is 4% fat-free, and then there are 96% fat-free, so it's 4%. There's 2%, there's 1%, and there's fat-free. So I think the best one to go with is the 1% or the
1: 2%. Okay. Lisa, how can people contact you? So you
0: can contact me, if You can go to my website, drlisayoung.com, and uh, my email is lisa at drlisayoung.com, and you can also find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Dr. Lisa Young, or you can always contact Baylor and she'll let you know how to reach me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, where can people buy your book?
0: You can buy my book on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, wherever books are sold, or there's also a link to all of these different outlets on my website. And again, Dr. Lisa Young, and the book is Finally Full, Finally Slim. And um, really, it's not just being finally full, finally slim, like full satisfied, but also having a full life. And pursuing your passion, doing what you enjoy, having a sense of community, because also aging, longevity. So it's really a book on health and wellness to empower you to lead a healthier life.
1: Lisa, thank you so much for joining us today. And for sharing your professional knowledge and information that you have treated us to. Thank you to Vin News and to our audience for tuning in.
0: Thank you. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank
1: you, Bela for inviting me. Thanks for listening to The Definitive Rap with your host, Bela Seabrow. Be sure to tell your family
0: and friends they also can catch The Definitive Rap on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, and your favorite streaming service. See you next time on
1: The Definitive Rap.